0: Nicki Minaj has a new song, actually, Mm. uh, where she samples uh, Super Freak by Rick James. Oh, yeah. So I'm not really a huge fan of Nicki Minaj, Mm. but this track actually slays. Mm -hmm. And then there's another uh, sort of... Did you hear like a little cut mm-hmm. or any did you hear some noise like you yeah. noise okay so i got to make sure not to bump my cable because oh. uh, that's what caused that one just so wait you are know. you saying you
1: can't touch this <laughs> i can't touch this exactly <laughs> oh god <laughs>
0: of earth. Welcome to Accelerative Thrust. I'm Dan. And I'm Eric. And welcome to our show where we review underground experimental and sometimes not so underground and experimental music mm-hmm. uh, with a focus on the Midwest and Iowa, Illinois music scenes. Hey, you know what though? What um, though? So check this out. Uh, okay. You know who you know who Meg is, the drummer of the white stripes? Sure. Yeah. Have you have you heard about the whole thing that happened in the last couple
1: of weeks with her? Yeah, where I don't know, someone said she was bad and everyone else said she wasn't bad.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. There was a journalist yep. who um said that I, something to the effect of like white stripes, the tragedy, called it a tragedy of the white stripes, is that they would have sounded a lot better with even a half decent drummer Mm. and then a whole bunch of drummers came to like meg's defense yeah yeah what's your
1: what's your as they should i I say i agree 100 i think she's great Um, i do too you know this is something that i've run into quite a bit in my life in various ways Musicians who understand what they're doing and why they're doing it, and they serve the aesthetic of their project and they serve the song and they do what's needed as opposed to just showing how awesome they are, that's way more useful and w- way better for people to be part of a project. Like I, I, I worked at a music store and the people that would come in I mean, technically were super good, but the second they tried to play with someone else, they were terrible. Like, they couldn't listen. They couldn't interact. Like, they were just trying to show off the whole time, and that's terrible. No one wants to play with people like that. And, yeah, so that, I don't know. I feel like Meg White was really good at serving the songs and doing exactly what was needed. I mean, that's like saying mo tucker from the velvet underground is a bad drummer it's like she's not a bad drummer she's just doing exactly what was needed for the song you know even to a certain extent ringo star you know yeah ringo is pretty gosh darn good
0: he's very good but for some reason he gets a lot of hate
1: it, it um, doesn't make any sense to me it, yeah, it makes
0: was... no sense but i also would say that Meg White is actually a great drummer. I mean For sure. I mm-hmm. think um Jack White obviously wanted a certain aesthetic and a certain charm that had it been anything other than Meg White and Jack White, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked, I don't think. No, and I don't think so either. Then on top of that, I think the white stripes and their success was a direct result, arguably. From bands like Beat Happening or the Young Marble Giants who mm-hmm. use the less is more approach. Like with Beat Happening for sure, it was it was like, okay, we don't really know how to play these instruments, but we're gonna make something out of them anyway, mm-hmm. you know? And we don't have a drum we don't have a drum set. So we're going to find suitcases to bang on or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just like sure. th- that sort of thing. And I, and I feel like um, it might've been by design a little bit. Cause I, I think it kind of was, but mm-hmm. Jack White was trying to maintain a sort of childlike uh, as he put, I mean, he actually put this mm-hmm. uh, or actually said this himself in interviews, uh, a childlike approach to the drum kit, which Meg was, one hundred percent to deliver, but on top of that, she did some pretty crazy stuff when you actually like think about it, you know. Yes.
1: Well, and another aspect of that too is like she plays like like sort of that like really raucous uh, Memphis blues kind of thing, like a Howlin' Wolf, you know. Like but, I, the drummers on that stuff and like Muddy Waters, they weren't there to have everyone say, "Oh, well, amazing drummers." That they were there to support what was happening, you know, and they do it. And it's like bombastic and it has an energy and like and it's like anti, I don't know, it's like punk rock. You know, it's like anti-over bloated technical proggy nonsense. You know, it's just yeah. like what's needed here? This drum beat, play it. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. 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 I I saw all that and I was like, I didn't even read anyone's responses because I was just like, well, anyone that says she's great is right and anyone that says she's not is wrong. So yeah, what am I going to learn from their statements?
0: Yeah. I, I think also another thing that I, I kind of wonder about is before social media blew up the way that it has now, you know, that was also when the white stripes was blowing up, like in the early two mm-hmm. thousands and it became like sort of this running joke. It was almost like a collective thought amongst music critics that like, oh, Meg White was a horrible drummer, you know, mm-hmm. just because of the the simple nature of the white stripes, like white blood cells. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is a pretty simple album, but like, it's also deceptively simple. It's really great songwriting, you know? Yeah. And and the thing is, is I feel like that was kind of a uh, trend to kind of just like hate on Meg White as a drummer for a while. Right. And then I, I sort of feel like, bringing it up in 2023 is a little odd just like out of the (laughs) blue like i kind of think it's odd but i also wonder if it's just sort of like if it was like done out of like honesty from like like does he honestly feel that way or did he just feel like this journalist did he honestly feel like he was just gonna get like a bunch of people be like oh god i know geez that meg white man like a bunch of bros agreeing with him, you know, like, yeah, did he really think that that was like, cause then what happened is after everybody like quest love defended her and quest love. I mean, that guy is like one of the best drummers, not just in hip hop, but in music, you know, mm-hmm. and you got all these people legitimately defending her. And so here he is left left out in the cold basically. And mm. then he, he responds and says, well, I regret that tweet, you know? <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. well, yeah. What'd you think was going to happen, dude? Like, did, I mean, yeah. what, what, there really what was... is no
1: point to, well,
0: not, not only that, that, I just, I wonder <laughs> what the, what the motive was mm-hmm. like, were you trying to destroy like, meg yeah. white or something He's i don't know they so just weird. being a
1: troll you know well
0: yeah i would assume so but in 2023 i just thought that was a really odd move yeah like you know because that is such a irrelevant like thing to say at this point about like everyone knows the white stripes are regardless of what this journalist has to say meg white was successful you know so like mm-hmm. what difference does that what difference does it make to you
1: you yeah, know, especially since they're done since they're done. Like, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah at this point. It's yeah. Just like now so I am hard. mad. I wasn't yeah. going to be mad, but now I am. I'm you know, mad at that guy. What's his name? I, Jeez, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Who cares? I'm going to call him Max.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maximum failure. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I'm going to call him. Like Max failure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Max Failure,
0: that's his name. Max Failure, that's what his name is. The journalist Max Failure. You know, one thing I don't think Max Failure would do though is Mm -hmm. criticize any of the records we're reviewing today.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. So there is a music festival called Mission Creek, And it happens in Iowa City every year. I think they had to take a year or two off because of COVID, but you know, everyone did. Yeah, it brings together performances from like progressive speakers and writers and music acts from many different genres and different areas. Um, A lot of local Iowa groups and Illinois groups get to play on it, and that's awesome. Uh, The shows take place all over Iowa City, so that's always a really fun thing is to just kind of hop from place to place. Uh it started in 2006, and it's brought all kinds of really sick things to this town. I've seen some truly amazing things because of Mission Creek. And so, since we talk about things happening in Iowa and musicians from this area and stuff, we decided to uh, talk about just a, a few of the acts that are playing. Some of them are local, some of them are more national in nature, but yeah, we just thought it'd be a fun opportunity to talk about some of those acts. So absolutely. It's a,
0: it's an awesome festival and I've been to a few shows in the past and uh, yeah, Mission Creek is always a great time. So
1: I guess we'll just get into it. Come on everybody. It's record time. I will start with a group that's out of Chicago via Columbia, or Columbia via Chicago. I don't exactly know how to say that. Some of the members came from Colombia to Chicago, and then other people from Chicago joined. Wow. Anyway, the group is called uh, Divino Nino, and we reviewed their latest record called The Last Spa on Earth. This was a pretty cool record. It's eclectic, to say the least. Like, to really pin down what any aspect of this is, is pretty difficult. Um, But I will say, at its core, it's really upbeat. It's really a lot poppier than stuff I usually listen to, but not in an actual poppy way. But like the elements and the construction and the sounds, a lot of those are very akin to what I consider modern pop music. But all of it also is really experimental and weird and strange. Yeah, it has elements of hip-hop, uh yacht rock, 90s pop, which is hard to explain, psychedelic at times. Uh there's a reggaeton element, dubstep stuff, vapor wave, like it really is just everything together. But like I said, at its core, it's really fun and upbeat. And I really enjoyed listening to it. And you know if you're a listener of the show you know that i usually hate fun and i i don't like <laughs> things that are enjoyable so this one kind of surprised me cuz i i really did enjoy it um really great instrumentation this there's synths all over this thing huge synths which you know i love uh vocoder vocal processing on like every note that's sung it very much feels like was thought about and and uh I don't know, I was gonna say manipulated, but I actually think mutated is probably a closer word. Um, and I'm really excited to see how they're gonna pull this off live. I don't know how many members of the band there are. Uh, I think there's a, a number. I don't think it's one or two people, but the the things that are happening on this record, I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm excited to see how they pull this off with a with a full band some of it's in spanish some of it's in english and it does incorporate a lot of like i guess colombian elements to it as well but like i said it's just one thing in in this huge melting pot of um of sound when it came to trying to figure out what this sounds like i was at an absolute loss i'm sure there's people that listen to more like modern indie psych pop stuff than me but the things that i've heard that i sort of thought management maybe something like lcd sound system but then also like earth wind and fire like there's really a heavy soul kind of funk electro element to this too it also reminded me of that uh retros album that we reviewed a while back just how eclectic it was but yeah i'm really stoked to see this and everyone else should go see this too. what do you think, Dan?
0: Yeah, I, I really like this a lot. There is a lot going on, as you touched on. I mean, for the most part, I personally would describe this as kind of like psychedelic rock with a heavy pop side to it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it it is a pretty experimental record, but it's not, it, it's not experimental enough to where it would push those people away. I think that, in fact... Uh, this record is maybe designed to kind of bring in listeners of pop music a little bit, um, if anything, Uh, and it's done really well. I mean, there's definitely elements of, as you said, Eric, psychedelic pop synth wave. There's even a hyper pop element, Mm -hmm. definitely soul and funk. There is, there's some auto tune, like you mentioned the vocoder and auto tune. And I don't know, there's kind of this club music thing to it, but Here's something that's interesting. I actually kind of looked into this album a little bit because I was just, it was so interesting to me, but apparently it was uh, recorded. The theme that they went into the studio with was doomsday Mm. and like the end of the world. However, I think they were trying to take that theme and rather than make it make something uneasy, they wanted to kind of come out at the other end on a positive note. Mm-hmm. which would totally describe why it's called last spa on earth i think you know that totally makes sense going with that concept but it also i think explains why it's so upbeat i mean a lot of the uh the lyrics were sung in a, in another language i do wonder if like a lot of the uh, a lot of the lyrics sung had something to do with like apocalyptic thing, uh, themes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think totally makes it interesting. Um, and yeah, uh, it's really well done. And I also would be very interested in seeing how they would, uh, do this live. Um, as far as the stuff, it reminded me of everything that you said, Eric, for sure. But also it kind of reminded me a little bit of the young father's album that Mm -hmm. we, Mm -hmm. Uh, reviewed, I would say a little bit of Animal Collective. Mm-hmm. And then also parts of it really reminded me of this group called the Step Kids, who are kind of in the same sort of genre, I would say, as this group. And they're an, another act that's on Stone's Throw Records. Um, and so kind of reminds me of, of that
1: stuff. Cool. So, yeah. Um, do you know what day they're playing? They are playing on... Friday. You know, I should also say that this um, this festival is taking place very soon. So it starts mm-hmm. on Thursday, April sixth, uh, and then runs through Saturday, April eighth. So uh, when you hear this episode, that will literally be in a couple days. So I don't think. Everything sold out. I am not sure. Um, so I think you can still go to these things, but Divino Nino is playing on Friday, April 7th at Gabe's at 1045. 45. I'm an old wow. Man, but I'm gonna that, make that yeah.
0: work. <laughs> yeah, that I mean totally. I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best. Okay, so the uh artist uh, that I am going to be talking about. The first one that I'm going to be talking about is this group called Ebony Tusks. Um, and the name of the record is Heal Thyself. And they are from Lawrence, Kansas. And there are three members, Geese, uh, then Marty Hillard, and DJ Daniel Smith. What Ebony Tusks is, to my ears, is very well put together, uh, noise industrial influenced hip hop, um, with some other things going on. Now, it, it's it got a very um, unsettling feeling about it, uh, which is something that I, I really like. Um, it's very dark sounding, definitely grimy and gritty, and uh, the three MCs, I think there's three MCs total, so, cause I think DJ Daniel Smith, at least reading one of the bios, I think he raps sometimes as well, as well as DJs, but the interplay between the MCs is really great. Um, and they kind of represent something that I feel is not, it, it's, you don't see very many groups in hip hop much anymore. And I think that's what I really appreciated about it. Um, most rap artists today seem to be solo. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, crew cuts and things like that. There's always like tons of tracks out there with five or six guest spots and things Mm -hmm. like that. But you don't really, you know, you don't see like the whole, uh, beastie boys public enemy type thing very much in hip hop nowadays. And that's one of the things that I really appreciated about this overall. I'm not sure which one, you know, I'm not sure who's rapping when they're rapping. So I I can't really tell the difference between the two MCs just because this is the first time that I listened to them, but, uh, they both kind of have that sort of nasally sort of thing going on a little bit. So uh, one of the MCs really does straight up remind me of Eminem, uh, mm-hmm. just the way that he he raps and the sound of his voice. And the other one reminds me a little bit more of like No from the Cunning Linguists. I hear a lot of industrial stuff going on. I hear a lot of synths. There's even like one track called uh, Hell Above or Here Below mm-hmm. um, that has some guests MCs. And the thing that I really liked about this track is they literally are rapping over what I don't really know exactly how to describe it, but it sounds like a distorted bell or chime that it almost sounds like it's just kind of being hit like every like 10 seconds. And then they're rapping over that and pretty much nothing else. And it works so well. It's very haunting, very gloomy and just, I don't know, apocalyptic sounding, I guess you could say like, it sounds kind of like rap that's being, brought here from the apocalypse or something. With that being said, this reminds me of a lot of different stuff that I've heard over the years, such as Dalek, 100%. This uh, really reminds me of Dalek. I think if you're a fan Mm -hmm. of of them, you'll definitely be a fan of this. Um, LP, Wu-Tang, Moody Black. But it also has, I feel like, kind of the urgency of Public Enemy a little bit. And there's even like some elements of like, uh, you know, grave diggers or, you know, elements of like homages being paid to like sort of old school hip hop, but particularly I would say Wu Tang for sure, but it's all, it's very current. I would also say that that record, uh, what was it? Play that, play that boys. A.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I, a lot of this reminded me of that and even going away from hip hop, like some of this stuff, really reminded me of like um nine inch nails or you know stuff like that or or skinny puppy even mm-hmm. like some of the soundscapes that were made or even like I would say like the uh, lingua ignata some of it even reminded me of that stuff you know like mm-hmm. just some of the really just intense like you know musical landscapes or there's even sort of a drone element you know like granular Mm -hmm. breath brian barr's side project and stuff like that in the music so yeah i think if you're a fan of that also mimi barks really Mm -hmm. reminded me of that so there's there's definitely a lot more than just hip-hop going on here which i think is that's something that's been going on in hip-hop anyway for a long time i think The punk rock and metal side of hip-hop has been represented a lot lately. And Ebony Tusks is, I just feel like, another great record in the genre. And it sounds great, and um, I really want to hear more from them. I guess this is their debut album. So they're going to be playing Saturday at 8.15 at the Riverside Theater. And I think this is going to be a performance that is going to be sick. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, what did you think, Eric?
1: Yeah, I, I loved this. I mean, really was pretty into it. Like you said, it's like intense grime, noise, industrial hip hop. I think my favorite part of it was that they just weren't very concerned with following any musical norms. Some of the songs had beats that stayed somewhat rigid through the entire track or whatever. But other times it seemed like things were just randomly happening. They weren't like verses and choruses and parts. It was just like soundscape with the rapping over it. It just, it was really cool to hear that approach. I think as a synth, a sinther, I don't know if that's what it's actually called. Someone who is into synths, <laughs> synth fanatic. Yeah. This was really fun to listen to because these are a lot of the sounds you get, um, especially on like modular synth or whatever, um, like that really clipping bias bass distortion where it's like, this isn't like guitar overdrive. This is like the sound of machinery breaking. Like the voltage is too high on this sound that it's just cutting it off and distorting it. There's a lot of deep bass and some of it is produced in standard bass ways, but some of it is like, there's one track that literally it sounded like someone bumping into a microphone. Like it's crazy the samples they have, but also there's some really cool samples that are music music based or whatever, like with strings and organ and stuff like that. Usually chopped up, usually manipulated. Um, but yeah, lots of glitchy feedback, distortion, reverb, whoever produced this got to have a lot of fun doing it. But yeah, vocally, uh, like you said, it goes a lot of different places. It's delivered in mostly an urgent and sort of emotive way, but sometimes it's laid back and it always has the potential to just veer into strangeness at any moment. And I think that's exciting too. A couple of things that I found to be amazing. There's a track Hell Above or Here Below, and it Honestly, that's the one you were talking about. It might be the coolest hip-hop song I've heard. I don't know, at least in a very long time. It it made, it made reminded me of the first time I heard Saul Williams, and I was just like, this isn't how you do this. This is something really new and really exciting. There's a track called Air Apparent. It's uh, mostly a cello piece that seems to be almost random in the way that it's laid out. But yeah, those two tracks, I was just like beside myself when I listened to this. Like I have not heard anything like that. And Air Apparent is, it's got like a four minute cello intro. Like it's crazy. And then the rapping starts, you know? Yes. Anyway, I was blown away by it. It was awesome. I think what I heard in it was a little closer to some industrial stuff than hip hop stuff. Um, And that's probably just because I know more of that stuff. But yeah, I definitely heard Eminem in one of the MCs a lot, which is cool. I I like that delivery. I like that kind of flow. Um, But other things uh, that it reminded me of, like I said, Saul Williams and clipping uh, as far as like hip hop sort of stuff. And then from there, uh, there's a project called ICE that um, is Justin Broderick from Godflesh and Kevin Martin, who became the bug. Uh, And that's pretty old, like maybe late 90s, but it very much reminded me of this. And if you haven't heard it, you should check it out. It's kind of hard to find because there's literally 40 different groups called ICE. But anyway, search it out because it's awesome. It also reminded me a bit of Zonal and a little bit of like Scorn. Uh, which is Mick Harris from um, Napalm Death, his uh, industrial project from, again, the late 90s. Uh, And there were some other, like maybe digital hardcore elements to this as well. Mm -hmm. So I loved it. And uh, I I am so excited to see this. So yeah, yeah, good choice. So my second choice, let's go with Extra Vision. All right. So Extra Vision is out of... Des Moines. It's mostly, I think, a project by uh, Ryan Steer or Steyer. I actually know Ryan, and I, but I've never asked him how to pronounce his last name, so I feel bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I have listened to Extra Vision. I've seen Extra Vision. And this record that we reviewed, it's called Nectarines of Mercy. And it came out, in 2019, it was a lot different than what I thought extra vision sounded like. So in my experience with previous stuff I've heard and seen them live, it was more like a, like a psychedelic, not quite vaporwave, but very synth heavy sort of indie, deconstructed indie pop sort of thing. And it it's beautiful, great playing, great sounds, songs are great, Ryan's voice is great and all that. But this record, Nectarines of Mercy, is not really like that. Not really like that at all, actually. (laughs) So, yeah, so Nectarines of Mercy, I don't know, it's like long sort of drone, maybe post-rock ambient pieces. Almost every track has sort of like um, a ringing bell or a string pluck kind of sound. The songs are really long and they move and change. But for the most part, I think they are supposed to be sort of immersive and um, meditative. I was, like I said, I was so thrown by how different this sounded than what I expected. that I actually had a pretty hard time coming up with other things that it reminded me of because even though as I described it, it sounds sort of non-musical. That's not really how it comes across. Like, they're really pretty melodies. There's a lot going on. It's very layered. I don't know. And there's a lot of different sounds in it too. It's not just like a single synth playing some ambient thing. There's guitar, banjo, percussion, or instruments like glockenspiel or something like that. And so it's fully formed and realized. But yeah, the tracks are between, I don't know, seven and eight minutes long for the most part. And so with that being said, I don't know who to compare extra vision to because I've had such different experiences hearing them. But I would say if you like freak folk, psychedelic pop, you're probably going to hear some of that live. And also if you hear, if you like more, um, long form ambient pieces and things like that, you might hear some of that too. So it's pretty exciting. And like I said, uh, Ryan is great and an amazing musician. And so I'm just going to leave it at you should check this out because it's going to be amazing. And I don't really have uh, a lot else to add to it. What do you think, Dan?
0: Yeah. I thought this was a really cool it's definitely an experience to sit down and listen to this for sure. I would uh, say it's um, it's very kind of mystical sounding, like you like you mentioned, Eric. And this was one of the words that I actually used: uh, very calming and meditative, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, very relaxing, actually. And in that sense, it almost reminds me of like the uh, you know healing sounds that you hear, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes. It's kind of got like almost like a new age element to it as well. A lot of really interesting instrumentation. I, d- I definitely heard acoustic guitars. Um, according to the band camp, there was um, some banjo and 12-string guitar, which I I think the 12-string guitar almost brought like almost a uh, sitar vibe to it or something. For like sure. It sounded yeah. very, very much like that. And then I also heard the glockenspiel as well. But, yeah, for the most part, I don't really have much more to add to what you said, Eric, other than this is just a really cool listening experience. And, uh, you know, it seems to me like I heard Extra Vision a while back, too, because didn't Brooks play some shows with Extra Vision? Yeah, yeah. And it seems to me like it was a lot different than... Like, I wasn't expecting this either. I can't necessarily say that this reminded me of these artists, but it did kind of give me like the same sort of, I guess, vibe, but like mostly like instrumental guitar and synth music. Like the feeling of like when I hear like John Fahey or something Mm. a little bit, Uh, but also like there's this uh, synth project called Synergy that it kind of gave me like the, the same type of vibe as that. That being said, I don't think that this sounds like those two artists. It just kind of gives me the same type of feeling when I listen to it, I guess, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. And I would also say, too, uh, as well, Freak Folk, there's definitely some moments where I would would say it's, you know, Animal Collective fans would probably dig Mm -hmm. this. Yeah, Freak Folk, New Age kind of instrumentation, meditation music kind of has all that in here and yeah, really, really cool listening experience for sure.
1: Nice. Yeah. And they're playing at the Riverside theater on Friday at 7 PM. So cool. Cool. Yeah.
0: All right. So the next artist I'm going to talk about artist and album is called black belt Eagle Scout. And the name of this record is the land the water, the sky. Now, I actually know Black Belt Eagle Scout because they uh, have have played shows with one of my favorite bands, Built to Spill. And mm-hmm. so I kind of checked them out uh, based on that before. Uh, so what Black Belt Eagle Scout, to the best of my knowledge, is, is the moniker of Catherine Paul. So they actually played Mission Creek a couple years ago. Well... Hmm not a couple of years ago, but like 2018. And I actually showed up, they were playing downstairs at games when built to spill were playing upstairs. Hmm. Um, so they were playing like the early show and built to spill was playing the late show. And I caught the last song. I like walked in while they were playing the last song. Hmm. And so she had a full band with her. She had a bassist and a drummer um, with her, but Apparently, I, I'm, I'm guessing that maybe uh, she just plays all the instruments in the studio, perhaps. Regardless of what's going on, this is amazing, I think. I, I love it. It's very much in the same school as uh, musically, I would say, as Built to Spill. So it kind of makes sense. But also, there's a lot of different elements going on here. Uh, the work and the guitar tones are very gorgeous. I think it's pretty dreamy sounding. Sometimes the production has this layered thing going on, I think, that makes it almost shoegazy at times, but not not to the point where, you know, sometimes shoegaze bands, the vocals are kind of purposely, I feel, buried in the wall of sound. That's not really going on here. It just kind of has that same sort of dreamy feeling to it. For lack of a better way to describe it, there's some really haunting melodies. I think Catherine has a really excellent voice. And just overall, I think what this is, is just a really great sort of indie rock record. As far as like when it came to stuff that it reminded me of, I would say like uh, Slater, Kenny, maybe a little bit of Liz Fair, maybe a little bit of P.J. Harvey, Juliana Hatfield, but also, you know, maybe some Modest Mouse. It's just really great songs, I
1: think, too. And I, I really enjoyed it. What did you think, Eric? I really enjoyed it, too. I had not heard of Black Belt Eagle Scout before, and I had no idea what to expect. I think that um I came away from it with the same ideas as you did. I would say, it, yeah, it could be called uh, Dream Pop to an extent, shoegaze, sort of. But like you said, it's not not buried in layers of noise or sound. It's more just like the approach and the the feel of the whole thing is sort of shoegazy at times, you know, Uh, or dream poppy at times. It is very soft at times, but it never really gets, like, sad or melancholic. It's just like quiet which is nice but it does open up at times into almost like some post-rock elements you know and i think that's really cool the songs are great the instrumentation and performances are awesome i really enjoyed the drums uh they seem to be really like tom driven just a lot of building almost being used like timpanies or whatever but also there's an indigenous element to this too. And I think that those driving Tom rhythms kind of add to that feel. Yeah, the vocals are super nice. They're, like I said, kind of soft, but not, but like unwavering, they're not weak. I don't know how to say that. They're strong, soft, but strong. But yeah, there's also some sort of indigenous vocal performances uh, that happen at times Throughout, and that's super cool too. I just thought it was really nice and really well done. The things it reminded me of, and I sort of went straight down the uh, shoegaze road on this, on what I thought it sounded like, but like slow dive, uh, ride, but also like Mazzy Star, maybe, and the Sundays mm-hmm. a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So I would say. If what we said were things that you like, this is going to be something you like. There's really no way around it. So, um, but yeah, so they are playing Thursday at the Hancher at 715, and that's with Cat Power. So,
0: which I think is a a perfect fit. Um, One thing also I forgot to mention, I'm glad you brought up the indigenous part of the uh, record as well. I forgot to mention, Catherine Paul apparently started out as a drummer. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, I think that's maybe why you hear that sort of influence with the Toms mm-hmm. going on. And so I thought that was really cool. Just a little fun fact to throw in there.
1: Nice. So my third choice is Mr. Soft Heart and Mr. Soft Heart just has some singles uh, available on, at least on Spotify. So Mr. Softheart is uh, out of Des Moines slash Cedar Falls. You know, I got to be honest, it was hard to sort of glean what Mr. Softheart is doing from these four singles that I listened to. And that's because all four singles were pretty different, like really different. And so the thing that connected them uh, was the, the vocals, I think. But other than that, musically, they went kind of all over the place. It's a really cool attitude, though, regardless. And that's the other thing that sort of connects them together is like just a really cool attitude and approach. Definitely has like a garage rock element to it, at least with the vocals. I don't know how to describe that, I guess. Kind of just like that slapback reverb, almost shouting kind of deal, like John Spencer or something. And the la- the latest single sort of has a bit of that garage rock slash blues element to it as well, musically. The other ones, though, are, you know, it challenges the- that idea by very synthy things happening. Some of it minimalist, some of it uh pretty overt, just like synth pop sounding, uh kind of a no-wave element i guess runs throughout most of the singles but yeah like i said i i really want to hear a full-length release from mr soft so i can see how this stuff is connected because i do think it's connected i i think there's a vision here but like i said i wasn't really able to focus in on it with just these singles so um, and I guess seeing a full set of music will probably satisfy that that as well a little bit. Uh, things that it reminded me of in weird ways, and this was honestly me trying to figure out that balance between garage rock and synth music. And so the things I came up with um, were Pussy Galore and Ultravox, uh, Brainiac, and like Wall of Voodoo. So yeah, I know those are kind of weird references, but these were kind of weird songs, especially as a group of songs. So very excited to see it. So I kind of know what's going on better. Um, They're gonna be playing at Riverside Theater at 8.30, basically at the Extra Vision show. They're playing together, so on Friday. But yeah, what'd you think, Dan? I really liked
0: these group of songs. I agree with you that um, it really did go into all sorts of directions and that I can't wait to hear a full length or even an EP from these guys um, because I think what they're doing is really interesting. But for the most part, I would say most of it reminded me of New Wave, uh, No Wave. Like you said, there's a heavy synth elements I definitely hear the garage rock thing as well, as you mentioned. I, I think wall of voodoo is actually kind of a perfect comparison, uh, you know because mm-hmm. wall of voodoo kind of has both of those things going yeah. at once as well. But yeah, it was really difficult to nail to nail them down completely, which I think is awesome because mm-hmm. it just goes to show that they're doing something really interesting and maybe something that I haven't quite heard before at least around this area and uh yeah i i don't really have much to say there s- some of the vocals reminded me of almost like a like a gothic thing sort of a little mm-hmm. bit yep so yeah and i would also say like no wave too like a little bit so some of the stuff that it reminded me of was like actually the bit ba- the uh band from des moines who we interviewed recently haploid a mm-hmm. little bit uh, i would also say like there was maybe a little bit of a new order type thing going on a little bit. Um, and these these are all just because just like you, Eric, I was kind of struggling to come up with some for sure comparisons as well. I would say like a new order type thing and maybe a little bit of Joy Division as well. Um, Interpol. Yeah. And then I would also agree with you on all of your picks like Brainiac for sure. Mm-hmm. I hear some of that going on here. So yeah, really cool stuff. I can't wait to hear what these guys are going to do in the future. I think that they're mostly using drum machines and synthesizers, and then it's just guitars and vocals on top of that. I think, but yeah, it'll be really exciting to uh, you know see them live and how how they do approach that. I did watch a couple of live videos, yeah, uh, which they have on YouTube, and of brought out the more new wave element a lot more I think I felt those mm-hmm. videos did so if I had to guess when they do work on future things that maybe that part will be more represented but I'm not you know I don't know mm-hmm. uh and that's what I like about it. it you know seems like this band is kind of unpredictable you know at, at the moment anyway mm-hmm. and yeah I kind of like that about it so nice On to another regional act from around this area, Karen Meat. Now, Karen Meat, I love Karen Meat. So I actually jumped at the chance having them be one of my picks because I've listened to both of their releases and I realized that the release that I picked, You're an Ugly Person, is actually the older pick Hmm. or the older release. But I've actually listened to both records quite a bit. And so if you don't mind, Eric, I'm going to touch a little bit on just Karen Meat in general, but I am, I'm going to mostly talk about You're an Ugly Person, which was the record that I, that I chose. This is awesome in my opinion. It's very fun. Now, I don't know. I think Karen Meat formed as like a full band or something. I'm not really quite sure what the history is, but on this record, I think it's just a duo of Aaron Eaton and Dana Tellsrow. Uh, But then the other record, uh, well, actually there there are two other records, so I guess there's three records total. I don't think I've heard the first one. I don't know if I've heard it at all. But the other one has a more of a full band element to it. But this one, "You're an Ugly Person," the best way to describe it is it's kind of got this synth pop thing sort of, but also very heavy on, like, 80s. Like, it has a really heavy 80s hip-hop vibe to it. I find the lyrics to Karen Meat's songs are funny, clever, dark, depressing, um, sometimes upbeat as well. It seems to be a lot, or at least my interpretation, is it seems to be a lot about relationships and kind of, like, the weirdness of them, maybe, Again, that's what I'm kind of getting out of it. But I think it's just very self-aware and very smart. And I think the songs are just amazing and extremely well-crafted. I think Aaron Eaton has a a really great voice, uh, amazing voice. And uh, the feeling of this record, the sort of duo pop thing that's going on here with, uh, you know, drum machines and things like that, it just... I don't know. It, it almost feels kind of like uh, nostalgic to me in a weird sort of way. Like sometimes I feel like I'm listening to like an old, like Janet Jackson record or something. Mm-hmm. And then other times I feel like I'm listening to like the beach boys or something. If that makes any sense, this project Karen neat, they just, I don't know. They are what they are. And that's, I guess, <laughs> you know, I know that that might be kind of a, um, a weird way to put it, but, that's that's just kind of how i feel about them now very briefly i want to talk about the other record um and uh that one is more um full bandy and you know it's like the way i would describe it is like perfectly crafted vintage pop songs from the 60s from the future <laughs> to me it really sounds like 60s sort of like pop music. And I don't think Dana T is involved on in that record. though so I could be wrong unless he's going under a different name. At least when I go to the band camp, it doesn't say anything about Dana T. So I'm not sure, but there is like a full band listed. Mm-hmm. And um, the songs on that record are just incredible. And what's really cool is there's a lot of back and forth vocals on both records that It's almost like a couple talking to each other or something, or trying to figure out like their lives or something. And Mm -hmm. that's where I think a lot of the um, funny and clever, but also dark and depressing lyrics kind of come from, you know, like I said, I think it's very self-aware. And I think this project was kind of designed to be fun, uh, but also um, very honest, I think is kind of the best way to describe it. Um, As far as the type of things that, that would make you want to be into this group. I hear a lot of magnetic fields in this group, mates of state for sure. I would say stuff when I talk about the sixties pop element, you know, like ABBA and the carpenters, maybe I don't know, gorilla toss. They might be giants and Ween. all kinds of stuff. Beach boys, as I mentioned, that's my interpretation of Karen meat. So yeah, uh, I've never seen them live and hopefully I am going to see them next week. At Mission Creek
1: Festival, yeah. So, what did you think, Eric? I liked it a lot. It was like synth-oriented pop, sort of, uh, with some rock elements. And what I mean by that is there was minimal rock elements, but when they were there, they were huge. There's like some big old guitar solos and and things like that. It was it was really cool. It is nostalgic, like you said, like. Very 80s. And I don't mean like someone trying to sound like the 80s. I mean, this really actually sounds like it. I, I don't know how they pulled it off, but it's awesome. Really cool synths, cool guitars. Uh, I love the drums. I think they're fake. Like you said, lyrically, super self aware and like seems to be about kind of working on yourself, you know? And they are slightly antagonistic at times as well, kind of snotty at times too, which is super fun. Yeah, the vocals are delivered in sort of a sing songy, snotty, almost apathetic way, which is great. I love the way they're delivered. The actual timbre of the vocals uh, sort of reminded me of the roaches at some points, the muffs at other points and Nico at other points. So there's a lot going on. A lot of the harmonies are really cool and well done, too. Yeah, I just, I thought this was great. There's not really a lot more to add to it. It's just really well-crafted, self-aware, somewhat tongue-in-cheek, yet somewhat morose and dark at times, too. It's really a lot of fun. But yeah, the things that it reminded me of musically... I don't know, a little bit like Black Moth Super Rainbow at times. That's how big the scents are. But this is going to sound so stupid. Very stupid. But it sounded so much like the actual 80s that it reminded me of, like, The Time or, like, Cameo, who had that hit, Word Up. kind of oh, yeah. sounded like that. It also kind of sounded like, um, what's that song, Uh Cool it down. Another bad creation. Is that what? That oh was yeah, called?
0: cool it down. Right.
1: It, gotta, musically, gotta lose control. Yes. <laughs> musically, it sounds just like that. It, absolutely, it does. It's great, and I one hundred percent. I've not heard many people actually pull off just sounding like their references. Usually, it's like filtered through them, and they try to change it and stuff. This is like, they just locked onto this sound and just nailed it. But yeah, I'm really excited to see this. Uh, did you already say when they're playing? I think you did. Uh,
0: No, I did not. It is going to be Saturday at four 30 at the trumpet blossom. Wow. That's interesting that you mentioned black moth, super rainbow though.
1: Well, I just noticed some of the synths are just that big, you know, like, I don't know. I, with black Moth super rainbow, whom I saw here because of Mission Creek. So, I mean, that we, we covered a lot of stuff. And you know what? We didn't even scratch the surface. There's so much going on. Y'all should just go to, I don't know, what's the website? MissionCreekFestival.com. Yep. And look at everything happening. There's, um, like I said, music, literature, other speakers. It's always a very cool time. It makes me... Love my city. Oh. And even if you're not from Iowa city, it's still Iowa and it's still amazing. And so you should still be proud and, and support it. So,
0: yeah. One of the things that I'm definitely planning on coming to uh, is uh, the sixth annual ice cream zine fair. Oh, that sure. Public space yeah. one. I'm going to check that out, man. Nice. Uh, If I'm going to be remaining in Iowa City that day, I think I might try and also swing by the Karen Meat show at Trumpet Blossom. Heck yeah. Uh, Which, man, I wish I could just go to all three days, but that's probably not going to happen because I really want to see ebony tusks a lot. Mm -hmm. And I would also like to see Mr. Softheart. I mean, honestly, I'd like to see all these groups. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Nice. Anyway... Uh, so yeah get out there and you know support your local music scene there there's there's always cool stuff happening at mission creek every year that i've been there um it's been fantastic so for sure
1: nice Um, man we we learned that we played it pretty straight today we did we did (sighs) we've been taking everything real serious lately i hope we can Get stupid. Very stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Again soon. You
0: know, and I don't know what it is with. I don't know what it is. I've been kind of. uh I've been smart lately, Eric. Oh man,
1: what I need are you to doing? turn stupid. Yeah, and I've been stupider, but I I think it makes me less funny. I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like when I'm stupid, I'm funny, uh, but then when you're stupid, it's like. Eric, you're not
1: as funny. Yeah. You need to be smart. Like, can you wake up your stupid brain, please? Yeah, exactly. you <laughs> have a show to do. It's stupid. <laughs> Getting out to these shows, I think, will liven me up. Wake you up, yeah. Make everyone get ready for spring and having fun again. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it takes a minute to, to transition from winter to spring, but this will definitely help. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And (laughs) I hope that everybody enjoys,
0: uh, their, uh, mission Creek experience. Um, if you're not able to make it to the shows, you know, go check these bands out on Spotify or Bandcamp. And if you really like it, uh, you know, buy a record
1: or buy a t-shirt or something, you know, or see them next time they come through. Yeah. Or
0: see them next time. I mean, um, three of these artists are Iowa artists. So,
1: um,
0: But yeah, I, uh, I suspect a lot of them are probably going to like the feel of Iowa city and yeah, a lot of artists, a lot of, a lot of artists that come to Iowa city seem to come back.
1: So yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So anyway, uh, like I said, mission Creek festival.com, uh, for more info, you can find more stuff about us at instagram or facebook uh we have videos of the podcast i mean they're not really videos they're audio but they're on youtube and hmm, i don't know that's about it yeah, yeah that <laughs> okay. sounds good to me signing
0: off um, all right we'll see you guys next week bye bye i did good Meg. Shut up.